welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell. And I'm here with Dustin. <laughs> that was a good one. You know what? That I don't think we've done an intro like that before, and I like it. Yeah, I'm trying to keep the uh, listeners on their toes. Do they know my last name? Do they know my middle Mitchell. name? Mitchell. <laughs> We're here <laughs> to talk about Telltale video games as we do. We're talking today about Game of Thrones Episode 4, Sons of Winter, released on May 26th, 2015, directed by Kent Muddle, designed by Joe Pinney and Chris Hawkabout, and written by Nicole Martinez and Brad Kane. Wow. Mitchell, do you want to know how my experience with this episode started? Yes. I loaded it up and it crashed right away. Wait, it did that for me too. Wow, that's weird. And that was the only crash I've had with this game so far. Same. Ooh. And then I just well, I just loaded it up again and it was fine. Yeah, I, I was worried though. Wait, like, so that just me. happens every time? <laughs> yeah, episode four is a real stickler. Every... <laughs> that's a, that's a, a bug that just, it crashes every first time that you play episode four. That's I, rough. I guess so. Yeah. That's crazy. That's that really threw me for a loop that it was both of us. That is yeah, that is a rough way to start an episode. Um you I was very what? nervous you know about what? it. But it was fine. You know what I'll say about this episode? Hmm. It really pissed me off at first. Because I, of the crash. Put, no, no, the crash was fine. I was just like, "Oh, shoot. That sucks." Oh, but it's working now. It's fine. But then just like the intro parts of this episode just put me in a bad mood because it's like so you start not to just jump right in but you start out at the wall with garage no let's jump right in we're in there this will be fast yeah, yeah. so garage is in trouble yeah he's grounded for uh killing the other guy brit i think his name was um yeah and you are trying to tell your side of the story and uh, Finn was also there, and he's like, oh yeah, that's how it went down, you know, I'll back him up, uh, Garrett and me are bros, um, and then they're just like, fuck you, I don't believe you, and I'm like, fuck you, I have had it with everything, I, I don't like that this game starts off with you being called a liar. Yeah. And, and, and it wasn't just here, what was the part that came after Garrett? Well, you're so called like, a liar Garrett's... a lot, actually, in this episode, yeah. but before we move on, let me just say real quick, Finn did not stand up for me. Ooh, what did he do? Did he sell you out? Uh, he saw... So Frostfinger, the, the the warden of the area... Not warden in the way that Ramsey's the uh, warden of the north. It, different uh-huh. use of the word warden. Um, Frostfinger is in charge, and he's, like, pulling Garrett in, in, by the hand, trying to get him locked up for killing a guy. And Finn's like, wait, 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 wait. I was there, too. I saw it. And Frostfinger's like, okay, what'd you see? And then I had the option of saying either, yeah, you were there, or, well, you weren't there for all of it, or he wasn't there. Um, <laughs> and what did you say? Well, I, I didn't expect what was about to happen, so I said, yeah, he was he was there. Because he was. And, right, that's what I said, too. And then Finn goes, oh, yeah, Britt didn't do anything wrong. Garrett just killed him. It was totally random. That's... Out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally random, man. I don't I don't know what happened. This guy's a murderer of the first degree, and I think he should die. Is basically I, I, Finn's whole reaction to that. I heard him say something about enjoying doing it even. No. <laughs> so for so for me, Finn said, 
it's just like Garrett said. He was attacked by Brit. Uh, it was not his fault. Oh, okay. Nice. But yeah. Frostfinger didn't care? No, he was just like, ah, fuck both of you. Gotcha. Well, yeah, so that's that a put me, I I don't know if like something happened before I was playing that put me in a bad mood already. It might have I think I might have like been pushed out of shape by something beforehand, but like that and then the following one when you're talking to uh Daenerys about her dragon, she's like, Oh well you're a liar and stupid. I'm just like you know, fuck uh, everyone in this game <laughs> yeah. i did not do any i am being so cool about this i had to turn the game off and go get a cinnamon roll at the gas station <laughs> the, for listeners at home this is like the fourth time dustin has mentioned cinnamon rolls to me today uh, yeah but i totally forgot to do it this time because w- we played this on a different day than normal uh to give a little uh inside baseball uh so i didn't even think to go down and get a cinnamon roll today to start the episode it, it's just kind of become like a thing to do oh i'll enjoy this nice cinnamon roll and it'll be a great little time but this was the one time where i was like i am so mad at these people i need something to <laughs> to mm-hmm. really lift my spirits and so i got out i went for a nice little walk i got my cinnamon roll came back and it was great nice yeah, I yeah. In, this happens in these Telltale games, and it's um, it, it's very hard to write around. And I think that some of the reasons that we tend to default to really highly prizing the narrative work being done in the Walking Dead games is because it feels like those games really put in the effort to have that high level of tweaking around every little decision yeah and clearly this episode wanted you to be executed as garrett uh you you don't get (laughs) executed but this episode is like well we gotta get him in a position where he's gonna be killed and i felt like i deserved it because i couldn't befriend finn i thought that was my story like if I right. only got Finn on my side, he could have vouched for me and that could have saved me. But clearly yeah. that didn't actually matter. I'm so glad I did. Well, it it didn't matter, but I'm still glad I had him like having my back. If I got the outcome you got and he was just like, yeah, it sucked. You know, I just saw Garrett kill him for no reason. It was crazy. I would have been so much angrier. Oh, you I think so? I, I think that mine makes more sense because I like up to this point in the game, I had not befriended Finn. I See, had I, options No, to. that's what I'm saying. I had befe- right. befriended Finn. But, like, if they just decided, oh, no, we're going to make it so Finn is just a shithead. Like, if you're nice to him, he'll still sell you out. I would have been livid. Oh, yeah, that was bad. But that's not what I got. Because, yeah. Yeah, like, Ex- yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just saying in the hypothetical world where this was done worse. Sure. I, I think that mine makes more story sense of, like, hey, I did fail to befriend finn so this is a a consequence it for yours i would probably just think like well they didn't make a good enough reason for that to happen um uh i i thought it was earned i i was i befriended finn we had a good time no but that's what i'm saying you befriend you befriended finn and then finn uh finn tried to back you up but then that didn't matter is what i'm saying um because you still got thrown in jail 
like right, the, the, the fin the whole thing like it it looks like it's based on Finn's vouching for you or not but we've determined based on our um similar but different experiences that that is actually not the case Finn right. does I, not matter I I get what you're saying now I, I don't know I still liked having him on my side I like that sure. when he decides to go with you he's uh he's very cool about it I, I felt like I had earned his friendship. I, I thought it was believable there. Uh, he decides to go together. with you? Yeah, did he not go with you? No. He d- So he didn't join you for the North, the, the Grove? No, I don't have Finn. Yeah, he came with me. No, I just have Cotter. Yeah, Cotter, Cotter Finn, and, and uh, Garrod. Uh, the real three amigos. Yeah, the three muscamigos. You just have two Muscamigos. I just have two Muscamigos, but I do have a huge part of the episode later in this episode I think you don't have. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. Um, so I can imagine that, like, especially for you, seeing Finn back you up and you're like, yes, I did the right thing, and then you still get thrown in jail, that, that would be cinnamon roll level of frustration. That uh, that part actually did not bother me that much. I I kind of assumed I was like, all right, well, Frostfinger's just being a dick, and I think the payoff for having Finn be there and joining you really worked for me. But it's just like, just not th- th- them not be- nobody believing me is what really got under my skin like <laughs> twice in a row. Yeah, yeah, because the very next scene you're in Essos again playing as Asher. Um, where we left Asher off with Daenerys trying to, uh, Asher says he knows where Daenerys' dragon is. Mm -hmm. And Daenerys is like, I don't believe you. A lot (laughs) lot of people have come to me and lied about knowing where my dragon is, so it's pretty dumb. And then you you show her the tooth and she's still like, oh, you must have attacked him or something, uh, you stupid fucker. Oh, okay, yeah, because I was afraid of showing her the tooth because if I showed her the tooth, then it would look like, oh, you you knocked a tooth out of this guy. Um, right. Wh- so I showed her Beshka's, uh, for me it was Beska. Beska has the burns. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I had the option to show her uh, Malcolm's burns, but I thought maybe it wouldn't be super convincing. It's like, oh, those burns could have come from anywhere. Like, I, I, does she believe you when you show the show her the burns? It, it's actually pretty frustrating because, like, she goes from saying, <laughs> I don't believe you. And then you show her it. And then she's like, oh, so you were fighting it? And like, uh, yeah, dude, I can't like, win with you, Daenerys. That's exactly <laughs> how it was with me. It's like, come on, man. In order to prove I'm not lying, you have to get mad at me. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> you just feel like you are right no matter what I do. That's kind of her deal. I mean, she's she is morally in the right a lot of the time, but she she's not going to get fucked with at all, even if right. it means some ridiculous like bending of conversation for a telltale game. <laughs> yeah, that's when I was like, I got to put this down and come back to this in a little bit. Also, and like I we're saying a lot of stuff that <laughs> seems pretty negative. I generally like the episode. Yeah, I had a good mm, toward the toward I, the end. I think it got better than at the beginning. Yeah, I think overall I liked it, but there's little things. I I feel like there's scenes here and there that I I really enjoyed, but then like remember what I was saying last episode? How it felt like I I was really starting to feel you jumping between all these characters. Oh yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I, I felt that even more here. And not that any of them do, like, anything bad. I actually enjoy a lot of the scenes. But, like... Oh, man. It did It did feel like each of the four places we hang out had, like, three different scenes that were not back-to-back yeah. in this episode. And they could have put more of those for each one together. So I don't have to, yeah. like, do five seconds in King's Landing and then five seconds at the Ex- wall. and That's exactly it. it. It's... That's my issue with it and like i said to be fair i'm still enjoying what's happening enough um it's it's just something that's kind of sticking in my craw there's also there's also the fact that you have this whole argument with daenerys about no i did see your dragon and then <laughs> that whole storyline's like oh yeah no she doesn't actually care we're gonna do a completely different thing with daenerys yeah, instead we're gonna go do this thing in this city don't worry about it <laughs> yeah there will be no dragons here today. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and and like it's it's like I was saying before. I wish we had more time with uh, Asher and Beska. You do get a little more time here, but it still doesn't really feel like it. Because I don't know. I feel like any other game, the story of the episode would be: Oh, we're gonna go into this town. We're gonna do this thing. And it, it it just felt like not a lot was really accomplished with them. Mm-hmm. And it it's it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I can't deny that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I can <laughs> deny that. I like I, up until now, I've been really defending. Like last episode, I think we kind of had uh, a difference of opinions in how much uh, how important we felt the Asher scenes were. And here, I'm just like, all right, sure, whatever. I've definitely been much more interested in Roderick and Mira's stories than I have been in Garrett's and Asher's stories, personally. And I think I feel like I'm getting more. I feel like I'm getting more interested in Garrett as time goes. Like I wasn't that interested at first, but I feel like I'm kind of getting into like the camaraderie between him and his friends. Yeah, I don't have that. Um, so that's probably yeah. my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. But like, uh, Roderick especially, I feel like is strong in this episode. Oh, and like, so you play as Mira like once in this episode, but it's probably my favorite time playing as her. Yeah, you it, do a cool it's thing so as Mira. Good. Yeah, it's so good. And you, you get Mira just being like, so shitty to the to these people and it's so funny and enjoyable um yeah and you know what i guess even though we didn't stick with her that long in this episode this one scene makes such a good impression i i really liked it yeah the the whole conceit of the series game of thrones or a song of ice and fire is that everyone's playing the game of thrones all the time in this story. Right. And there's like 40 characters you need to pay attention. But everyone is jockeying. If not for the actual throne. At least like moving up in society. Or some amount of prestige or power or money. And uh-huh. there, there's always like a few different ways people do that. Like everyone in the game kind of falls into one archetype or the other. And I, I think that everyone in the video game. Or, or the four main characters we get in the video game. 
are very much like symbols for those maybe four main kinds of groups of how uh-huh. people play this game where uh like Roderick is the sort of no nonsense this is actual politics um the way politics is presented and Asher is like dude it's fighting we're we're killing each other all the time we're fighting now uh and then Mira's this re- like I think my favorite part of it to watch this sneaky sort of like back alley shady deals uh, greasy palm situation of like hey maybe uh if i if i say the right thing to anyone i can convince them to do anything it's it's definitely growing on me i i haven't really been as into it in the past not that i dislike it like i like mira i like sarah mm-hmm. um but i feel like this is the first time where i was like ooh <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Well, yeah, I think she needed to come into her own as like having that superpower. Of yeah, you being need able her. To you need her to grow into being a real shithead. There should be a there should be a superhero in the Marvel universe who's just like a good schmoozer. Yeah, persuading people. Yeah, just like oh, it'd be a shame if anyone found out about your milk of the poppy situation. Anyway, I'll be over here. And that's all you have to say. And then just like the Rube Goldberg machine of having a conversation works out for your benefit. Yeah. And she does it so well, like to the point where like sometimes you can tell she's being shitty, but like other times she'll be like, she'll try so hard to sound genuine. Like when she's talking to him about the, the milk of the poppy um make it up happy and she's just like oh yeah man you really shouldn't have to put up with it oh yeah uh, poor guy <laughs> yeah he's just so good at it yeah um, in the show that's always the m- most interesting stuff to watch it's the Tyrion does that sansa stark kind of grows into doing that uh there's a character named littlefinger who has not appeared in the game at all <laughs> littlefinger uh yeah <laughs> But he he's very much like mm, it'd be a shame if something were to happen. Anyway, I'll be over yeah, here. It's, it's, he's that it's kind fun of guy. seeing the characters be confident in the shitty things they're saying and doing. Yeah, um, w- without ever having to lift a finger to do their dirty work, right? They can exactly. just like they're always making the other person feel like it's their choice to do what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. And Mira does that great. Yeah, Mira does that great. Um, because so much of the rest of the the world is just like um it, it's the asher stuff of like i i could i can relate to what you were saying a few episodes dustin ago where you were saying like oh yeah this like kind of aladdin feeling world on the other continent where asher is um like fighting this this group of people and i'm like yeah that is cool and and i i think that's neat but like the more the the more game of thrones i think you've seen the more you're like okay well this is an action scene and right we'll, we'll get to the like the 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 way the politics affect things being more interesting as we get down the road i i right. think that's I, like my interpretation of the show well i just feel like the asher scenes kind of bring some levity to all of it like the the other stuff with everyone else is great but 
I do like having these characters that can kind of joke around a little bit and you're in like a location that's not so dreary. Yeah, it is nice that he's like not being completely fucked over all the time. And yeah. he's not he's not living in an oppressive uh like fascist state all the time where exactly. all the other characters I, I, are. Yeah, I feel like it really does serve an important role in this to make everything else more bearable, but I just I just feel like it doesn't really carry that weight in this episode so much. Yeah. Um, you know, I play a little uh, Game of Thrones myself. Uh, where I come from, it's called Musical Chairs. Okay, what's what's your? Are you a schmoozer or a fighter? <laughs> yeah, I go up once the music stops. I say, you know what, you should really you deserve a drink, Mister. You should go get yourself a drink. And he's like, okay, you're right. I'll go get a drink, and then I take his seats. Your calves look so good. You've been standing a lot. <laughs> you wouldn't want to ruin that look at look at these results look at these i'm i'm jealous i wish it could be me but <laughs> i got this chair i gotta sit in Ugh, this chair darn it the worst and it's playing a song and then it doesn't i hate every part of it all around the mulberry bush we get it yeah that's very different from my approach to musical chairs where i deck them straight in the face <laughs> <laughs> oh the asher realm. yeah I'm, I'm definitely the fighter of the musical chair world you you could apply any of these characters to musical chairs mm -hmm. kick them out of a chair if they're in a chair that's that's my <laughs> rule yeah uh you could be garrett and just let them try to kill you for the chair and accidentally kill them Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a rough. You see, I, I think so. OK, if we were if we're to break it down, like Roderick is like the real politic. Um, right. Mira is the 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 backdoor shady deal politic. Asher is is like the brute force fighting kind of thing. Uh, Garrod loses. That's his that's his <laughs> role. He, he loses Game of Thrones. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's rough. Sometimes yeah. you do that. I like his story, but if you put these four people up against one another, he is <laughs> going to be the one to come out on bottom. Yeah, so I'm actually really upset that I never got to... I don't know what I did wrong, but I never befriended Finn. I must have just said the wrong thing. I, I was glad I did. I, I was actually thinking this was how it was going to play out. Like, in the past episodes, I was like, oh, I can see, like, the group being uh, these three together. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it worked out for me. I would have been upset if I didn't get Finn, like, on my side. Well, maybe they'll railroad me into getting Finn later. I don't know. <laughs> they just force you to take him. It. I feel like that's happened. That it kind could. of thing. Um, yeah, so the, the bit that I got that you didn't, I bet is the Glenmore stuff. Did you get any Glenmore stuff? Um, Remind me. Fill me in on what happened for you. Well, Ale it doesn't sound Elena Glenmore is Roderick's fiance in my game. Right. And I guess not yours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she shows You're up right, I did not get that. with her brother, Arthur. Oh, no, I did get that. Okay, so, so how'd it go for you? Because for me... Uh, Elena and Arthur show up and they're like, yeah, look, this is, this is my, this is what's going on with our, our betrothal thing. My dad says, I can't marry you. I have to marry Griff Whitehill. 
mm-hmm. because um, the White Hills basically came over and, and forced us into it. And my right. dad was such a coward. He said I had to, but I, I'm engaged to you. And then uh, Roderick was like, no, 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 we're <laughs> don't do that. We're, we're <laughs> no, no, no. We're just going to kill Griff Whitehill. <laughs> and, uh, and Arthur's there and he's like, okay, I'm so glad you said that because I brought 20 infantrymen and I just have an army of 20 <laughs> Glenmore um, archers. Yeah, that would have been awkward if you said we're not doing that. Yeah, because they're just like hiding behind the trees and he like brings them out. And it would have been <laughs> awkward if I was like, you know who I hate? Archers. <laughs> Boy, if I see one more archer, I am just going to McFreakin lose it. Yeah, what are they good at? Hitting people from a distance? Come on, guys. Oh, yeah, guess what? It's called a rock. I can do that, too. <laughs> um. So did you get this? I got all of that. So what? what's the deal, then? Because Elena is not engaged to you. Yeah, but she still wants my... She just says... Uh, yeah, you're, like, the only person I could come to about this. Uh, I just don't want to marry him. Okay, I just so don't want to marry She's this still asshole. not marrying you. Well, we did kiss. <gasps> yeah. Dustin. I'm, yeah, uh-huh. Maybe, yeah, maybe you'll sudden, get married. Yeah, I'm making up for my my <laughs> past embarrassments. Uh, so I got... I, I, I got a little kissy kiss, too, but I thought that was just par for the course for our relationship. I thought... We were really just coasting on um, the comfort that we enjoy in each other's eyes. Yeah. For me, she said, maybe when this is all over, maybe we could play a little uh, hide and seek like we used to. She said that with me, too. Why? What did I get out of it? What did I? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, I was I really looking forward to lording this over you. No, <laughs> this. Mm-mm. I feel like I had a huge advantage, and then it turned out that no, it's just all the same. It doesn't matter. Don't you feel ridiculous? There's a lot of things this episode that just kind of happen no matter what. Yeah, you know what? I don't feel bad about you not being able to lord this over me. I do feel bad that the <laughs> um, the relationship we had established up to this point, I guess, didn't matter at all, Elena. Well. Well, they never said that we will still get married after this. Oh, you just did a little hide-and-seek. Yeah, we just do a little hide-and-seek, do a little kissy. Okay, okay. Um, so, who who knows how it'll go? Maybe you'll get a real wedding and I'll be left in the cold. Well, my, my favorite thing about that scene is that she says, maybe we can uh, play hide-and-seek like we used to when we were kids. And I was thinking, like, oh, did they did they already have sex as kids? <laughs> that's a, a weird thing to bring up as, as innuendo mm. and then Roderick says yeah I could never find you and like oh no never mind she just said it like innuendo it, they were actually <laughs> always just playing hide and seek <laughs> I would I would love if like she was trying to do it innuendo she's like maybe we can play a little uh, hide and seek and he's like yeah I could never find you <laughs> or, <laughs> he's just like stoked like yes I would love to play hide and seek this is going to be great. I haven't played that in years. I'm going to play hide and seek with the girl who said she wouldn't marry me. Yes! I have the, I have the best spot in mind. <laughs> you, let's play some uh, hide and seek. Yes, you will not find me. She is not going to look behind that rock. <laughs> She's totally going to look behind the rock. Roderick <laughs> does not seem good at hide and seek. No, he seems like he would not be. But I'd still want to do it. I would still want to play. Maybe we can play during a credit sequence. It's like during the credits. 
<laughs> you get to play hide and seek. That would be a good reward. Yeah, I think so. D- boy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know what's something I liked in this episode? Hmm. Um. So when Garrett is locked in the cell... Uh, he's going to be executed in the morning and you have to find a way to escape. That gave me some old Telltale vibes. Like, yeah. not exactly the same, but it reminded me of, like, n- not even Telltale, but it reminded me of, like, in the first Secret of Monkey Island game. Yeah, yeah, a, a the, Monkey Island thing. You gotta, like, hut. use trowel on brick. Yeah, exactly. I was like, ooh, I missed stuff like this. It didn't last very long at all. It was really just no. use trowel on, blur- on brick. Yeah, and but, you know, it. I was still looking around. I was like, hmm, what to use? What to use? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what what else do we talk about? Um, uh, there's the scene with... Uh, so after that, you go to confront Griff. Okay, yeah. So um, I just I just had 20 Glenmore people back me up. So yeah. we just held him at arrow point, and I, I stuck him in the, in the dungeon. Same. I I punched him a few times. Yeah, that was great. Um, like, hey, remember when I when I was to the ground submitting to you? Well, now you're gonna have ouchies. There's a very interesting thing that happens with um, when your character has the advantage in a physical fight in a Telltale mm-hmm. game. I think this has come up a lot of times. Like Walking Dead. There's there's two ways it can go. Exactly two ways. You can like take a practical approach to it and just you have a button early to just like raise the gun and shoot them in the face immediately um and that's always like oh yeah you you didn't flinch that was the right thing to do but then sometimes there's this uh you have them like tied up on the ground and people are holding them for you and you're just like taking slow punches one after the other and then it's in those cases, it's clearly like, okay, I'm clearly not supposed to punch this guy that many times. Right. Um, like the way they're presenting how you have the advantage in the fight sends a message about what they think the moral upper hand is. Right. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I liked it more in Walking Dead than I did here just because it was the first time, I guess. So it struck me a little more. What, what time uh, but I... in Walking Dead was that? Um, in episode two of season one, when you're, uh, punching the St. John yeah, brother yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone else is just kind of looking mm-hmm. and you can choose to just keep beating the shit out of him or not and like kill him. Uh, but I don't. And like here, even here, this one kind of drives it home a little more where, uh, you have Lady Forrester and Griff himself both being like, all right, all right, stop. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the, they both were like. Okay, let's wrap it up. But Elena was yeah. there as well for me. I was Elena there for you. Yeah, yeah. So Elena was there too, and Elena goes like, "No, keep going." <laughs> she it would so be she fine. Didn't do that to me. She didn't say that to me. She just didn't say. Well, anything, I, I did so. quit after um, two punches, so it, it could have got worse. I, I believe. Ooh, I punched him three times. Ooh, okay, yeah. That's and after that third after that third time, Griff's like, "All right, stop. I, I learned my lesson. Please." And that's when I was like, All I don't right, believe get he this. did. Oh, no, he I have totally a hard did. time believing that uh, Griff was a changed for the better after just being punched a few times, especially since once they're dragging him off, he says like, hey, this isn't over. And I'm I, I just wanted to be like, you know what? 
I submitted to you. You submitted yeah. to me. I think we can call this squaresies. Yeah, as soon as he says this isn't over, you're like, okay, yeah, bring him back. Let's keep punching him. <laughs> oh, is it not? I assumed it was. I thought it was. Not. Yeah, I'm glad you corrected me. That's hmm. important. <laughs> uh, but good scene. That's Feels a good, good scene. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just keep going with the the Roderick stuff because I, I think it's pretty strong. After that yeah. point, uh, you go to high point. The, the White Hills castle. And you're, right. you're there to negotiate for um, the trade of Griff for Ryan. So since episode one, the White Hills have had Ryan. And who do you choose to bring with you? Um, oh, Duncan. But like ev- everyone comes Duncan. except except yeah. Royland. Royland yeah. and Talia are, are there at the Ironrath. Yeah, I also chose Duncan. I chose Duncan, but I'm 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 coming to a head with this subplot about how one of my guys is a paid White Hill spy. Right. Um I think I might now know who it is. Mm. And I think it's Royland. Because he's the one who was left there. Yeah, so if he was left there and yeah, at the end of the episode the stinger for the end of the episode or no, no, it's not the the. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah the the stinger at the ep- end of the episode, um. Is Ramsey Snow, in Ironrath alone, he makes some like innuendo to the fact that he might have slept with Talia. Don't like that. Yeah, but that's like that is his shitty deal that he is. He's just the worst guy. Right. Um. And, and then he's like, okay, I'm here. Cut to black. And <laughs> I think that it's likely that because I left Sir Royland alone with the with the castle, he might have just, like, invited Ramsay in. Right. Yeah, I could see that. The thing is, at the time, I really did feel like it could be either of these rotten people. Yeah. Because Duncan does... Duncan is the one who suggests, oh, yeah, just go alone. You don't need to take, like, all these soldiers yeah he's always advocating for the most passive route where it's framed like Royland's aggressive but duncan is tactical but if you look at the choices they make it's more like Royland is aggressive and duncan is like gives things to the other side (laughs) (laughs) Uh, where duncan's like oh yeah keep giving the guards wine they love it. I mean, they'll be dulled. Uh, that that'll show them. Yeah, that'll, they'll they'll definitely hate that. And uh, <laughs> oh, you shouldn't bring an army to meet with the whales. Just saying, really cool, smart stuff like that. <laughs> Thanks, Duncan. Um, so like for that reason, I thought it could be Duncan, but also, I was thinking, well, maybe it's not set, and it's actually just whoever I didn't name my sentinel. Or maybe it's Sir Royland because, uh, like, I could see that. I was, yeah. I could, I could see that. Like, whoever you don't pick is the one who is the traitor. Yeah, I would, I would kind of hate that. I, I would hope that because the traitor needs to have been a traitor for like longer than since the beginning of the series, right? So I would hope that you could make a right or wrong choice about it and you actually have to ride that consequence. Mm. That would be more interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know like how it plays out. I, I do agree. 
Yeah, but I, I think it's Roiland now. Now okay. my thought is that it's Roiland. We have good reason to think that. Yeah, it, the other one we said in the last episode was that it was Maestro Ortegrin, but uh, he was being beat up pretty hard by Griff in this yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I don't think he would have been if he were the traitor. No, because they were doing that in a room alone with no one watching them. So I assume <laughs> that was not just for show. Maybe he just did a bad job of being a traitor. Yeah. Um, so if if Sir Royland is the traitor... Um, does that like line up with the scenes we've seen him in so far? Because earlier in this very episode, uh, Sir Royland is like really helping Roderick out, like teaching him how to fight with his limp leg and teaching him new sword tricks and stuff. And he seems right, to but... really want him to succeed. But if he's the traitor, that doesn't make sense. Well, me. if he's the if he's the traitor, then teaching him that move, he's gonna know what move he's gonna use against him. But like, right? But he could also tell everyone he'll be like, "Look, he's gonna go for your knee." <laughs> just watch. He just puts a bulletin out of like, "Roderick is really favoring striking the knee." <laughs> I told him this crazy move. He's gonna go for that. <laughs> so, dude, be careful of the knees. That would be. That would be weird <laughs> if if that's the reasoning <laughs> they go with. I don't know. I I kind of buy it. Like he gives Roderick a strategy, and then he knows what he's gonna use, and he can just counter it perfectly. I guess. Yeah. Like <laughs> he he just like trains Lud Whitehill to know exactly what to do in that circumstance. Here are your knee pads, sir. Um. So that's kind of the whole Roderick story. Uh, the Garrett story, it continues for a little bit north of the wall. where uh, So Cotter is a free folk in disguise. And you come across one of the free folk and Cotter goes out and he's like, hey, let me talk to him. I, uh, I'm i one of them. It'll be fine. And then he just yeah, gets thrashed. Be... <laughs> yeah, he gets stabbed in the shoulder. It turns out it was not fine. It was not fine. It was a bad idea all around. Um, I, I don't know what <laughs> Finn does if Finn's here, but... Garrod, he just helps you fight him. Okay, yeah. Garrod comes out and he's he's trying to fight them. And one of the free folk here in this fight, I'm pretty sure, I can't really tell because she was wearing a hood the whole time. But I think that was like a a really critical character in the show. Um, Ooh, that was like a real character. But yeah, they had a hood on her the whole time, and they didn't show her hair. Her hair is the big like distinctive factor, like bright orange. Maybe it'll be something they reveal in a coming episode. I think it's. I think her name's Egret. Um. <laughs> what? Just the names. <laughs> yeah, that's a bird type, but in in Game <laughs> of Thrones, it's a woman. Uh, yeah, and then you you do meet up with Sylvie, who is Cotter's younger sister. Um, mm-hmm. and and she's got like main character hair for sure yeah yeah and uh and that's the end like sylvie's gonna take them next episode to get to the north grove you know what i think is something i'm just realizing about this episode it doesn't feel like there's any like conclusion to anything really happening like it, it, um, kind of, it feels like everything here is is set up uh correct me correct me if i'm wrong but it just feels like 
all of these stories just kind of end in like the middle of what's happening. It is episode four of six, so right. Yeah. But I st- I still feel like s- like something should maybe be accomplished. I think the Roderick story had a a, a pretty significant ending where that he yeah. did convince um the White Hills to trade Griff for Ryan. That yeah, that feels like a major I, victory, but also Ramsey's just here. Yeah. Um. So that feels like but that, not but, the end of something. That might be the one. Like with Garrett, it ends after meeting uh Cutter's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Mira, it ends after her like one scene, which is a good scene. But and in, and in, in, like Asher, you do kill a lot of those uh, soldier guys at the end. Yeah. Uh, but it just feels like ending in like the middle of all of these except Roderick's and it doesn't feel very satisfying of an episode yeah even if I overall I did enjoy it okay so with these four stories if they were balanced you should be getting 25% of the episode on each of them and that's not what we're getting I think we only get like 15 to 10% of the episode on Mira right yeah Um, this this is the least Mira we've gotten so far and it's it's not very much on Asher either and then it's quite a bit more than 25% on Roderick and Garrett and um, I really don't need this much Garrett. I don't need this much wall stuff. Uh, I wouldn't mind more of the Garrett stuff if it like led somewhere, which I know it's going to. But yeah. I feel like I, I don't. It, it feels like meeting this new character would have been something in like I don't know a halfway point in an episode or something. Sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm just yeah. maybe I'm just being weird about the pace. No, I, I I think I agree with that because. Um, like if you think about the whole four episode journey we've got, we've taken to get to the end of this episode, uh, with Garrod, he hears from Lord Forrester, the North Grove must never fall. And then he like, isn't at the North Grove yet. Right. Uh, he tells someone and then they're like, Hey, you should go to the wall. And then he's spent three episodes at the wall. And like he's slowly getting ready to go to the North Grove. And that is a very um, legitimate adaptation of how the show spends so much time going so slowly with Jon Snow at the wall. That part of the story seems to go just a snail's pace compared to everything in the South and in Essos and and in other places in the world. Jon Snow is like doing an important thing. Um, because like his, his whole section of the story is people and and really the the whole theme of Game of Thrones until like the very end is Mm -hmm. these idiots are squabbling for what they think is power. They just want to sit on the throne, but the white walkers are coming and they're, they will kill all of us. We're like not paying attention to the real problem. It's a metaphor for, uh, global warming. That's not a joke. It really is. And, right. um, and, and Jon Snow is like the part of the story that cares about that. And everyone else is just sort of distracted with petty politics. And, and that's like what they're trying to do. But because of that, it's just so slow north of the wall. Yeah. Uh, I think that's my problem. Like, I get that you can't just wrap up the whole story in the fourth episode, but I feel like some goals should have been like achieved at this point. And yeah, but it, it, it really feels like, yeah, Roderick uh, in his meeting uh, with the White Hills, 
that that's like the only one that felt like all right we had a goal and we accomplished something it felt like an act three of the episode where it feels like everyone else you got to like the middle of act two and then it's like oh we'll save the rest for the next part yeah and and like it looks like the entire next episode probably is going to be garrett with sylvie and cotter and for you finn um using sylvie's help to get to the north grove and that's going to be that episode and i don't think we'll be in the north grove until like that that'll be the cut to black cut to credits moment of we're in and then season episode six the whole episode six is going to be like okay now the north grove matters and like dude i was spending at least a quarter of all of the past five episodes as garrett and this is the whole reason i've been doing that every episode i feel like we we get a cool conversation with mira um yeah and, and a cool uh like political choice from roderick and those those things are that that's why i like roderick and mira the, the most out of this group because you you feel like they're the most satisfying part well I, I feel like they're doing stuff asher right. feels similar like in the very first episode you send malcolm over to essos because you need asher to come back with an army and we're we still right. don't have it so yeah like, on i feel the way like back, this he i feel like this it. episode should have had like like maybe just focus on this battle and getting this get your army and the episode with him earning that army so it feels like i did something with asher yeah because i am i don't think we're as far from asher having an army as we are from garrett getting to the north grove i think that right asher's army might be like the beginning of the next episode which yeah. is which is nice I'm, I'm ready for that to move on um mm-hmm. by the way so the thing that happens in asher's story is that daenerys says okay forget about the dragon thing we're not even going to think about that anymore the real <laughs> deal that we need to talk about is how um I'm about to lead the march on Marine. This is a huge moment in the show. Um, the the liberation of Marine, where mm-hmm. everyone just rounds up every slave owner. All the slaves rise up. They free themselves. And it makes Daenerys like infinitely more powerful because she's regarded as this um Abraham Lincoln-esque benevolent um just just the the messiah to a lot of these people right yeah yeah um and so the fact that this game is saying oh asher was actually there (laughs) it's kind of funny um i i don't hate that that. i think that's cool but it it is sort of like oh he he was he did that oh yeah (laughs) because they, they don't bring him up in the show i guess he wasn't that important yeah well yeah his his whole part of it is just there's a beacon, which will alert everyone else if we can't take down the beacon. Uh, and we need the element of surprise. So the whole thing that Asher, Beshka, and uh, and Croft are doing is taking down this beacon so that everyone else, in like the main character squad of Game of Thrones, the Daenerys' <laughs> people, they can actually free the city. And that's something that weird that I'm thinking about. I don't know if we've played another game on this podcast that is so intent to make you not the main character 
Right. Uh, it's like you're over here doing this side story that we won't ever bring up. Yeah, because like the main character of the, of, uh, the Walking Dead is Rick Grimes. But Rick Grimes doesn't feel like a missing presence in the game. It's just not about him. In this... Yeah, he's he's just the protagonist of the of the show. Yeah. Here in the games, you're able to focus on different... Pro- it's such a just widespread thing that you can focus on just other people. Yeah. In this, I constantly want to be like, oh, well, the, the story we should be following right now is like, okay, Asher leaves the room. And then the camera just stays on Daenerys (laughs) because like she's clearly more important or uh, Mira finishes up the deal with Tyrion and then Mira leaves the room and then we just keep following Tyrion because like there's a reason this story was done with the main characters it had. Um, It it feels very Lion King one and a half, which I think I brought up before (laughs) (laughs) Uh, of just like, oh, these guys were here the whole time. And uh I bet you they are know. not doing the important thing. They're doing an important thing to themselves yeah. within their own scope. They're kind of pigeonholed. They can't have these characters do anything that important. Yeah, which is, I think, another aspect of what makes Garrett's pacing, Garrett's story's pacing, a little bit more frustrating is just this North Grove thing is the aspect of it that does feel like, oh, this could be larger uh, in implication. Right. So this this feels like it could be as big as something that we would follow on the show, but we're just not getting around to it. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that you really like the stuff with Roderick and Mira, but do you think it would have been maybe a stronger narrative if they only focused on Garrod? Like how The Walking Dead only focuses on Lee and his story. If they only focused on Garrod and fleshing that story out more. We, so we don't even, like, been... follow any of the other foresters? Yeah. Let's say they only focus on Garrod, but they're able to put that focus on him and really make it a lot better than what we're getting. And maybe make it, like, you... a three-episode series? Yeah. Or or just, you know, whatever, however much they need, but they're able to put more into it. You're able to focus on them more and make it into an interesting story. Do you think it would be a stronger product, even if you had to cut the stuff you like? Um... No, because that section of the game isn't doing much for me. So if it was just that, then okay. it probably still wouldn't be doing much for me. But like if they convinced they condensed it from five episodes to a like Michonne style miniseries of like, oh, it's just Garrod. It's Game of Thrones colon Garrod. Right. Uh, <laughs> I one, it wouldn't sell any the copies. Garrod saga. <laughs> Garrod, the name Garrod is not the my name fa- Michonne. My favorite character, Garrod. Garrod Tuttle. <laughs> when you say it like that with the last name. <laughs> uh, like if the whole first episode was the whole first episode and like leading up to him getting to the wall. The second episode was everything we saw so far and probably a little bit of what's to come with Sylvie. And then the third episode was um, everything at the North Grove and maybe they flesh it out more than they actually will in order to make it feel like a more definitive definitive like end end thing you'd have to do a ton of rewrites to make it feel more investable but yeah that could be cool that could be a cool story yeah well yeah that's what i'm saying i'm not saying like you'd be exactly what we've gotten here but only focusing on it i'm saying like 
if this is all they're doing, then they put more into the story to make it more interesting. Like, they can just focus on Garrett and making his story better than what we're getting here. Yeah, I mean, what, I, what I'd what i really want is just Game of Thrones colon King's Landing, and it's the whole... Uh, maybe it's Mira and Tom. You maybe you play as Tom too, um. But you, okay. you, you just like go around and you're, you're trying to get little deals going and stuff like that. I think that would be a cool game. I guess that's more what I'm saying. Like, if instead of jumping around between everyone and everyone only gets like a few minutes, if they just did one story focusing on one aspect of it and just making it as strong as possible. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Like, it, it's hard to say until they finish it if this is going to pay right. off for them. Because in the mm-hmm. show, it pays off and it doesn't, kind of depending on what season it is. And Right. Um, like, in, that fir- in the first three seasons, at the very least, of Game of Thrones, I think this format of jumping around is very well done. And it's usually the case that in every episode, um, the things each character's that that's shown uh the things they're dealing with are all different in plot but in tone they all feel um cohesive they they all are kind of telling this one story altogether mm-hmm. um they're, they're all talking about the same kind of themes and that happened for like i think episodes one and two of this series and episodes three and four of the of the telltale series i mean have felt a little bit lacking in that regard or if there yeah, is I'm, carryover I'm between themes i'm just not catching it yeah 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 um but like if it ends in a way that it sometimes has with these telltale games of like oh i see what you're going for um and and sort of like revalidates everything that came before it um then i'm glad they did this and and not uh, Game of Thrones colon Garrett or Game of Thrones colon King's Landing. Right. You got you got to see how it pays off first. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it pays off. I'll say like right now, if the quality of episodes five and six is the same exact quality as episode four, I think at the very least a, a reworking of how much priority each of these stories was given it would probably be a smart move. Mm-hmm. Um. But also, like, that's what Game of Thrones is. That it, It's very core to the um, identity of the story. That when you're, when you're reading the book, every chapter is just named after the person from the perspective that chapter is being told. And it was kind okay. of novel when that... <laughs> novel jokes. Woo! Uh, it was kind of... <laughs> get excited for novel jokes. Uh, it, it was novel when that book came out. Because it was like the early 90s. And the first chapter of the book is Eddard Stark. And then the second chapter of the book is, uh, I think, Tyrion Lannister. And then um, th- th- that actually could be super wrong. But like you're, you're, every chapter is told in first person and from a different character's perspective. And you're hopping around right. all the time. And the way those come together and the way those like balance themes and you give one character this problem and it solves the character solves that problem in one way. And then like you juxtapose that almost comedically sometimes with the next character being given the, like a version of that same exact problem and then tackling it in a completely different way. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like that's that is kind of the core to the aesthetic of Game of Thrones. Kind of the same way as when they took Minecraft, they decided you need to have a lot of customization. Um, right. And they never do that in Telltale Games, but you could pick what your Jesse looks like and you get different armor and different weapons and stuff just because they're trying to get closer to Minecraft. So this is, if if they focused more on one story, I think that'd be much further away from Game of Thrones. Okay. I feel ya, I feel ya. Not saying it would be a bad idea to do because of that. I'm just saying, like, I don't think you would do a Game of Thrones game that doesn't do that. Okay, yeah, I, I get ya. I, I, I just think about, like, if, if, like, I can't say if it were me writing this, I wouldn't write something like this. I, I, I just wonder, like, how different it would be if you, like, only focused on certain parts. I, well, I think and, there's, and there's totally thrive. an argument of, like, if they kept doing Game of Thrones games before they went out of business, mm-hmm. maybe do focus on, like, a Michonne-style mini-arc with one character instead of a next season right away right because i think i think based on the way they're writing it that could have been really solid yeah yeah um let i'm trying to think of if we if there's anything else we haven't talked about yet but i think we covered most of it um well the specifics of what mira was doing i I don't think we talked about oh Um, right 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 how how could we not yeah so it's um joffrey's dead king joffrey's dead so they're they need to really quickly crown the next king which is joffrey's younger brother he's only like 10 years old um tommen which is like thomas but not (laughs) (laughs) not quite not quite uh yeah so tommen is only 10 years old and um if you watch the show you know at this point that marjorie is like 30 but already making moves on tommen um Mm -hmm. and does get married to tommen okay um to be queen yeah just because she's 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 a genuinely good person but like yeah she's gonna she wants that power she wants that power and um she will she will marry an infant to do it So the coronation of Tommen is this part, the party that you're at. And you don't see Tommen. You barely even see Marjorie. You're just like in sort of the background talking with some of the various nobles that exist elsewhere in King's Landing. That's fine with me. I've had it with Marjorie. I'm, I'm fine with an episode. Really? That I, I, Every I time Marjorie's mad at us, which does happen more and more frequently, I just can't help but think like, yeah, no, we. I would be mad at me too. <laughs> I, that is a very I'm, realistic reaction to what I just did. I just think we need a little time away from one another for a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, you're not supposed to be there because Marjorie like disinvited you. She's considering firing you and replacing you with another similarly shaped woman. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Uh, because you, you've been too advantageous about taking uh, what you can for your family out of your time here in yeah. King's Landing, which is uh, frowned upon, <laughs> I guess, in this society. <laughs> so what you're doing is like you're going from person to person. You're trying to find out uh, who 
is who's the person that the White Hills are sending all this money to? Because that's what you found out at the end of last episode. Someone's sending right. a ton of cash to the White Hills. Or, or no, sorry. The White Hills are sending a, some, a ton of cash to someone. And you find out that it's Lord Andros, which is the, the mm-hmm. final boss of Star Fox. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> you can't just call him that. <laughs> yeah. He he's like Andros, but not quite. Yeah, he's the final boss of this character story in this episode of this video game series, <laughs> just like Star Fox. Too similar. Yeah, Miyamoto said that he wanted Star Fox to be more like a TV show himself, so <laughs> we just didn't know that it was Game of Thrones specific. Yeah, it was <laughs> we didn't know he meant like a specific episode of a specific TV show. <laughs> um Man, if if only Andros was a monkey. So you're you're going around you're you're finding like what the White Hill bargainers out here in King's Landing what they're up to and yeah Mira's eavesdropping on everyone you find out that Andros had split with uh, Morgren who was the guy he was with before um, because he got a better deal being partnered up with Lionel sorry Lyman God <laughs> Lyman Lannister Lyman's the guy who owned Odie and Garfield. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lyman is like third cousins with the queen, they say, with, with Cersei. Yeah. So it's not like a close relationship at all. Um, but he's a, he's a heroin addict. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Well, milk of the poppy. So poppy is opium. So like literally uh, heroin. Oh, I didn't know that. I just assumed it was like some sort of nectar that came out of poppy flowers. It, it is. That's what opium is. Oh, shit, I feel stupid. No, I mean, we all, I, I think we always, each of us, has the moment where we learn that poppy seeds like you have on bagels and heroin right. are the same thing, and we're freaked out about it, but it is true. Oh, is that why, is that why I love poppy seed muffins? Yes, that's the reason. Holy shit, I'm gonna get one after this. It's also the reason that if you um, eat a poppy seed bagel or muffin... And then you do a a drug test for a job, it will show up positive for heroin. No way. Get out of town. Yeah. No, I mean, it is the stuff. It just, it's like in a different chemical arrangement, so it doesn't really get you high, but it it is that. So you don't get the benefits. No, you just get the bagel fits. (laughs) Well, I guess I do like those muffins, so. Um. Yeah, but he, so so I guess his dark secret is that he got hurt a long time ago. He had an injury, and he was drinking some milk of the poppy as a, a true real-world pain reliever. Um, right. And then he got addicted from it, which is absolutely something that can happen. And then, like, that's his, the that's his dark shame, which, to me, in... in uh, I, I guess this is just a, a sign that this society sucks in Game of Thrones. But to me, I thought like, oh, poor guy. I'm sure ever, anyone would just think poor guy. But no, they're going to make fun of him. But he's <laughs> Look at this guy. Th- th- this guy is shaking because of uh, opium withdrawals. And we're just like, hey, haha, you, you have a hard ah. time. That's funny. <laughs> you have a hard time. It's funny how you have a difficult life. <laughs> that's funny how you struggle more than us um but yeah like you find out from someone else about that and then you realize oh lyman must have told andros 
and Andros must have told this person, so I can use I can tell Lyman that Andros is telling people, and uh, I can break up their partnership, and all of a sudden the White Hills can't sell Ironwood and King's Landing. Right. Um, cool little move. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, cool little move, and I don't think that Marjorie noticed I was there. Yeah, same for me. It looked like she was about to, but then Sarah's like, hey! Yeah, out of everyone in the game, I, I don't know if I dislike Marjorie, but like out of everyone in the game with uh, Frostfinger and Daenerys when talking to Asher or Croft when talking to Asher or uh, the White Hills, like all of the White Hills when talking to Roderick, they're always like treating me like this little kid and they're they're treating me like, Dude, you you don't even know what you know. They're they're trying to gaslight me constantly, and then Marjorie, right. she, I feel like Marjorie is just saying like, Mira, please don't. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, I have to actually. I'm going to. Sorry. I'm going to be a little bit of a stinker. Um, <laughs> so I I feel a little bad for Marjorie actually as I played, but but you don't apparently. I do not. Fair enough. Yeah, I you get just you got to do what you got to do disinvite me to the coronation get out of here um also sarah's in this again and she's still great she's having a little conversation she's really trying to get this one guy uh tar targin targwin let's see i wrote his name down it's lord uh something lord targ targin targwin lord uh garibald tarwick tarwick okay yeah garibald's Garibald. a good name <laughs> so i was sad he wasn't actually bald could you imagine he he does have a pretty high hairline right but like if he was just like totally bald and his name was garibald i would be like no way <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would have been it, impossible impossible odds <laughs> i just can't even look at you man <laughs> uh uh yeah and i he doesn't seem to be a catch at all but sarah is just like (laughs) sarah is so desperate for for a husband (laughs) 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 oh sarah is so like i i'm so invested in what's going on with sarah and her life yeah uh oh yeah i almost forgot there's a moment where garibald's like hey look if you can save me from some embarrassment uh i'd love to just do you know anything about her parents and then you're like oh that is the one thing i do know about yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's like actually the one thing i could spoil for you for yeah uh so you have the option of lying and saying um yeah i met them and they're they're fine or you can tell him straight up that she's a bastard and of course i lied for sarah i don't know this guy (laughs) yeah of course why would i why would i ever sell out sarah no, I want I want Sarah to always be my friend and tell me weird drunk truths. <laughs> Seriously, I just met this guy. I'm not going to fucking spill her secrets. Yeah, she's so fun. And she drunkenly told me. Um, I also have here in my notes, uh, just before we wrap up, that Lud Whitehill, could uh, he could have been in Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> he really could have. Yeah, he's got that kind of build and voice that really could have been in uh, Wallace and Gromit. 
Yeah, just give him the Ardman eyes and mouth and he fits right in. Do we want to head into segments or is there anything else to talk about? I have one thing. So I was looking at the Wikipedia on this episode uh, because we're we're not getting our choices with yeah. these, but usually the Wikipedia articles tell you the the choices, which is nice. This one did not. However, it did have something I th- thought was very funny in a very dark sort of way. Okay. Uh, in the trivia section. So earlier in this episode, once when you lock up lock up Griff, yeah, uh, you're told no one can know about this. We're gonna have every Raven killed. Yeah. Uh, in the trivia section, it says, uh, "Unused audio files reveal that Lady Forrester killed all of the Ravens herself." <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I always have said on this podcast, it's especially come up in, in, uh, the walking dead where if you're telling someone to kill someone, that's actually morally incorrect. You have to do it yourself. Um, so you know what? Uh, I, I hats off to lady Forrester. She's doing what I have preached is important to do. Not once before this have I ever thought to myself, I wish we got to play as Lady Forrester. <laughs> just killing ravens not, one at a time. Not, Yeah, not because I want to kill these birds, but just imagine her going out of her. She is the one going around killing every raven on sight. Um, what, <laughs> She's deranged. What's, what, what do you think is the, uh, <laughs> the, the method of murder in this case i think she eats them alive crazy i don't think that (laughs) i don't think it but i want it to be imagine her telling roderick oh i ate every raven (laughs) alive um i got i actually thought about it too hard and i got sad (laughs) oh you think she would just like go up and snap their little bird necks i well no i do i did think about it but i don't think we need to walk the audience through exactly how i think a a woman should kill a raven (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's your preferred way um yeah let's head into our segments let's get into them what do you want to do first what you want to do first what's your weekly guy my weekly guy is elena glenmore Ooh. Uh, i like how she was just uh, i i was i was feeling weird about the white hills and like their position in this story because last episode gwyn talked to Roderick and Gwen was like look there's a method of doing this where we can get peace out of this don't you want that and I was thinking like kind of no I like the White Hills have been <laughs> not really you've been fine individually Gwen but like the White Hills have been so mean and now you're coming at us and being like dude just be nice <laughs> like th- that, <laughs> that's you not your call it? anymore actually <laughs> um so when Elena Glenmore comes in this episode and she was like, hey, they told me to marry Griff Whitehill. Let's kill Griff Whitehill now. <laughs> and then R- Roderick Let's has the option him. of going like, he has to be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was I was delighted by that. So Elena Glenmore is my weekly guy. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, mine's Mira. Nice. Yeah, she's uh, very funny in this episode. It, it's just cool playing as her and like eavesdropping on all the conversations. But yeah, we already talked about what a schmoozer she is now. Really knows how to sweet talk people. But what really cemented it for me was when uh, Andrus comes up to you and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? You just, you're fucking all this up for me. 
and she says like i'm just a handmaiden <laughs> are you really afraid of a handmaiden and she does the most shit-eating little smile at him that's when i was like you know mira you're my weekly guy this week that's yeah that's pretty good it, it's mirroring the journey that sansa stark uh stark had when at the beginning of the thing sansa was supposed to be married to joffrey um right and uh she was just a little kid and she like wanted to marry joffrey even though he was a little shit um but she was just very like oh i'm gonna be a princess and, and everything and then as the show <laughs> progressed it, it took years but sansa became more and more like oh let's see if if uh if i can talk to this person at the right time i can cut off this town's supply of bread and then they'll all just starve and like okay sansa <laughs> wow <laughs> you're a different yeah, person yeah the way you yeah, the way you worded that makes me think she just did it for shits and giggles. It did seem that way. <laughs> you know what? I can just make it so they don't have bread anymore. Yeah. Uh, so Mira's doing that journey, but because there's only six episodes in this video game, she's doing it way faster than Sansa did. <laughs> she's, yeah, uh, and she's, really she's a- like really rubbing it in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I love that. That's great. Yeah, so good um good good weekly guy to us both i think i think we both did a good job this yeah week. yeah i agree i agree remember the first episode you talked about hey uh i don't want to get anyone's hopes up and i'm glad you did say that because <laughs> the next sentence you said was i was thinking about drawing each of the weekly guys every week <laughs> yeah i'm glad <laughs> i did not do that i would not have followed through yeah this is the 97th episode of this podcast <laughs> imagine having a 97th character and you're like okay now i gotta draw mira yeah and all the foresters kind of just look the same yeah (laughs) i i probably would have just been like you know what i probably don't have to yeah you could have if you said uh like talia one week and mira the next week you just changed the name at the bottom (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what it's just i'm gonna have the same weekly guy across this whole series i think (laughs) yeah i think you could say gwyn whitehill Talia, Mira, uh, the mother Forrester. Um. <laughs> you know what? I think if you got to see just how deranged she is killing all these ravens, <laughs> I might have made her my weekly guy. The, they all do really look the same, and two of them aren't yeah. even related. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not like every character or every woman in general in this game looks the same. It's just there are four characters in this game that do look exactly the same. And they are main characters. Yeah, maybe shouldn't have done that. Um, golden moment. So my golden moment is when she just steps on all these birds. No, uh, <laughs> my golden moment is uh, there's a there's a scene where Beska. This is before the raid on Moraine is getting drunk, um, mm. and she gets in a little fight with Croft, and then Croft walks away angry that Beska's getting drunk before this moment. Um, and that that is not the the golden moment. The golden moment is a little after that when Asher is talking with Beska and Asher is finally like, hey, why don't you want to go to Marine? You've been so weird about it, but you won't tell me. And then she's got this tragic backstory where she used to be a slave and she had to do terrible things as a slave. And she had to kill children. Yeah. And, and it's one, it's very sad. Uh, but two, the camera is doing this thing. Where as Beska's telling this story, they keep like slowly panning in or slowly bringing into focus 
this bottle of wine uh, mm-hmm. on, on the table. Like, you, the, just the camera work alone is making the fact that she's very alcoholic at this stage, which we got, like, hints about this before, but this is seemingly the first time where I think, like, oh, this is serious. Um, yeah. Just through the camera work, through the cinematography, you're, they're implying a lot about her inner thoughts. Like, she's saying, oh, yeah, I was a kid slave, and they made me kill other kid slaves for entertainment. It was terrible. But, like, you can tell she's thinking about drinking more. Um, right. And I, I thought just the framing on that was really impressive from from a camera work what? angle. What a good pick. You know what, Mitchell? You get a gold star for that pick. Thanks. I like the thought put into that, into the camera angles. Wowee. What's yours? I, I wasn't expecting that. Mine's when you get to punch Griff in the face. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's another one because the camera is sort of focusing on the punch, making it think like, oh, Roderick's actually thinking about punching Griff in the face. And, uh, <laughs> and then you do that. Yeah, it, it just all really came together. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a good one. I mean, yeah, it, Griff sucks a lot. Yeah, it just felt good for Roderick to have a victory. Yeah, I think one thing you can definitely say about Game of Thrones is there's like some all-timer heels in Game of Thrones. Uh, In this game, they they do it very well as well. Uh, Griff and Lud Whitehill are just little shits. Um, And that's definitely... Ramsey Snow, oh my god, that guy sucks. Right. Yeah. And then in the show, it, that's all over the place. Joffrey is that, um, the uh, uh, oh, what's the name? The at the red wedding, the the what family sends the regards? The uh, not casters. I'm forgetting that already. The one oh, the family goodness. that had the Starks killed at the red wedding at the beginning of this game. Uh, phrase the phrase. Uh, the phrase. Yeah, they're they're solid heels as well. Like. When Cersei Lannister, when they write a villain character, they they write a villain character. They make you hate them. It feels amazing when those guys don't die and just keep (laughs) being villains. Yeah, so that's that's a golden moment. Choice cut is our last one. What's your choice cut? I liked um, choosing what to do with the White Hill House during the the meeting uh, and Ryan's there and you really gotta, you really gotta think fast about what you want to do here. Yeah. Cause they give you four. Um, this is mine too. Uh, they give you four options at once, which is a lot for like a pivotal mm-hmm. narrative moment. Um, I wrote them down. Actually, you get attack, call his bluff. Uh, Oh, but for context, Lud Whitehill has taken Ryan by the neck and he's got a fork sticking straight into his neck. He could kill them pretty easily. Um, right. Attack, call his bluff, accept the deal, which was a business deal about selling ironwood, and beg for mercy. Um, so I, yeah, what did you do? I called his bluff. What, how did that go? Uh, he says, uh, I know you won't do it because deep down you do love your son. And he's just like, ah, you got me. Oh, that's nice. I I had no idea he loved his son. <laughs> his fourth. I didn't yeah, get so that. Yeah, so he's he's saying, 
yeah, he's saying, I don't give a shit about my fourth born son. Then you're like, oh, no, you do, though. And he's like, yeah. Uh, that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? So um, I I immediately took call his bluff like off the table um, because I was thinking like, oh, dude, if I call his bluff, he's going to stab my brother straight in the face. Um, yeah, I, I thought that's what he was going to do, but I just kind of wanted <laughs> to see, I guess. <laughs> Uh, except like I was like well just none of the options sounded like very good options it's like I'm fucked for like most of these yeah call his bluff uh, I took so out I except the deal I, I didn't consider either uh, because I, I felt like oh the deal's just not on the table anymore I, I shouldn't bring mm-hmm. that up even so the the two I had it down to was attack or beg for mercy and I did attack did and I had uh, the, the Glenmore archers shoot Lud Whitehill in the face, and Ryan did get away for a second, but then all of the archers up <laughs> above shot everyone, and I had to restart. <laughs> so that's just an instant game over. Yeah, and well, it's it's a game over, but like unlike a lot of the death game overs, they show me a lot of what happens. Like Roderick gets shot through the neck, and your mom gets shot through the abdomen. And they're just like on the ground saying. Like, Roderick. And then they they don't live anymore. You made the wrong choice. No, just every single person I'm with just got gunked. And Lud right. Whitehill did also get gunked. Um, but I had to restart it. So I couldn't pick attack. It doesn't let you. <laughs> so I did beg for mercy. And Lud Whitehill says, yeah, I, okay, I know mercy. And uh, then he's like, okay. We're trading Ryan for uh, Griff, and we're going to do it in a neutral location. So not here, not today, but later we're going to do it. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me, except I didn't need to beg for mercy. This is kind of like a trade-off. Remember when I kissed his ring? Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, I say I say beg for mercy, and like, Roger goes, don't kill him, I'm begging you. So, I'm begging you. So it, it, to me, don't it did see. not feel that much like a... Sub- submissing myself it just kind of felt like come on don't <laughs> come and mud was like all right <laughs> yeah give me my son yeah yeah i called his bluff and i was like you won't do it you won't do it i know you love your son he's like fuck he knew i love my son <laughs> how did he know that how did he guess um yeah so that's this episode what do you give it on the old yeah. uh, fifty-six point Dustin scale? I don't know the one I'm that you do every episode. Yeah, you know my classic Dustin scale of fifty-six points. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of at odds with it because, like, it, it's it's one of those things where doing it, I I liked it fine, but then the more we discussed it, the more like issues I have with it. Yeah, mid forties. Yeah, maybe maybe like high thirties. Oh, okay, okay. Um. You know, I, I like how that's not even like committing to a score. That's just like a ballpark score. <laughs> yeah, that's why the scale's so big, so we don't have to say a specific score. <laughs> yeah, we can just say yeah, somewhere around here, maybe. Because the moment you say a specific score, that's when Metacritic can count you, and I don't want to support that. <laughs> yeah, good luck counting my score now, suckers. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I'm. I'm I'm simultaneously, I think, more excited to see where the last two episodes go because of this episode, and also feeling like a this episode scared. was a little bit like, eh, yeah, that, that was that was a in betweener. 
Yeah. Like, it, it, I, I feel like I was expecting it to be worse after the last episode. Because, like, the last episode was another in-betweener. And I was thinking, oh, I don't think it's going to get much better in the next one if we have two more after it. And it didn't. But I think in my imagination, I was thinking it was going to be, like, more drawn out and more boring. We got some good stuff in this one. It, I, I just think it's the pacing that's throwing me off. Yeah, I'm just excited that we got through this whole podcast and I didn't talk about Zelda. Oh, that's true. Damn I it! Forgot. Oh. <laughs> right at the very fuck. end. Have a great summer. Better luck next time.